everybody, and welcome to a magical Wild Ride with Steve-O. I know that magical is pretty on the nose for this one, but I mean, what other magician are we going to get? Certainly not David Blaine after he hears what Chris Angel has to say about him on this episode. Ha! And uh, speaking of this episode, it's not just juicy because of that. We get into a lot of crazy stuff and man Chris Angel goes in on psychics but he's actually pretty open-minded about uh, the afterlife so yeah we're we're really uh, getting deep on this one and I want you guys to know that I feel like I'm in a pretty good place uh, candidly I was struggling for the last couple months uh, you know I was just really letting uh, negative comments bum me out I kind of got withdrawn um, but I'm bouncing back, and um, here we are, and this is a, a wild episode, and, and I'll talk to you at the end of it, too. So, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, people of the universe, I bring to you Chris Angel. What's up? Yeah. yeah how are you, my brother? Hell Good yeah. Good to see you. Good to see you in my parking lot here at Chris Angel Studios. We have the van of vans. This is the way to do it. You're like CNN, dude. You're like Fox. You're like all of these networks that have a rolling truck that go to the guests and get them on it. And people think they're like in a studio. So we're in the van studio right now. We are. Uh, I, I want to show you a photo of Oh no. you, me, Tom Green, <laughs> Carrot Top, and Flava Flav. Can that you is awesome. Yeah. Drop it to Isaac? It's, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know how. What a motley crew, huh? I, I have no idea how I didn't give that to Isaac ahead of time. This photo, um, it, it uh, invited the uh -oh. most harsh and hateful comments on <laughs> People love the group. Yeah. Love, I mean, hated, it, never ignored. Where, yeah. where was this? Why was this? How was this? This was in 2013 at uh, some big nightclub. I think that was at the Wynn, if I'm correct. I used to go there all the time. Yeah. I mean, dude, and, and uh, you're, you're the last one of this group to uh, to make it onto the podcast. We've had Flavor Flav, Carrot Top, Tom Green. Well, I, I, I'm honored. I don't know if you saved the best for last, but <laughs> I'm honored to be on. Tell you, man, Carrot Top crushed it on here, dude. Dude, what, oh, yeah. what a great guy he is. Yeah, I'm trying to get him on my podcast, but he's very elusive. Oh. Very elusive. Oh, yeah. well. Um, Carrot so Top. Scotty, what's up? Is he considered a, mu a, mu a magician? Uh, no, he's a comedian. He's a comedian. Yeah, he, he makes more money than most of the comedians, and he does. People are like, oh, he's not a comedian because he does props, but the dude is really insanely dude, talented. I've known so him good. forever. His show is hilarious. Yeah, you saw his show yeah. last time when you were out yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, I went to it, and, and I absolutely loved it. He's criminally underrated character. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. I, I call him KT. Nice. <laughs> 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 nice. Um, so, we... Ended up that night, like going out somewhere after that. Even I, I think it was that night. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't. That whole part of my life was kind of a blur. Okay. Kind of a blur. I don't, I don't really remember. I used to come home at like seven, eight in the morning, like every night. Um, that's when you know when you move to Vegas and you have a little bit of success. You just like you're out every night and. Um, 
you you run it. We we didn't plan it. We just ran into each other. Right. I think Tom Green came. Right. I think it was me and Tom Green, maybe right. Carrot Top. But then we just like Flav is everywhere now. Like you just run into him. Yeah. And he's one of my. He's been to my show like fifty times. Yeah, I love him too. I love all these guys. He man. lives out in Vegas now, right? Yeah, That's yeah. He's he's been in Vegas for some time, and he's been my brother. He he comes to my house on Fourth of July, and he brings like ten thousand dollars worth of fireworks. <laughs> and I live in like a in an area that like has like four houses in a gated community, and he like it looks like a third world country when he's done. There is like paper and fires and i'm like worried like we're gonna get like you know get arrested um something that you have no experience in right but uh but yeah these these were the times you know like this was exciting you know this was craziness and um you know now i have three kids i chill and since then huh? so yeah i've been busy Wow. I'm old. I'm 56, dude. I have three. I have a two-year-old. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. So we hung out that night for the first time, and, 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 we, and we settled something. I didn't even remember that I'd said anything at a public level, but I, I had effectively attacked you. There was a... Me? Yeah. How did you attack me? It was and you, you, like I physically. No, no, no. Oh. I remember you. You called me out about it too. What it was was you had a a, a a huge rad stunt that you did, where like you were suspended with hooks going through your back. I remember and, that and, well. And somebody asked me about it or something, and I was like, ah, uh, like it, like the hooks through the back. I, I don't think it's really funny, or something. Oh, definitely like wasn't would, funny. <laughs> it was yeah, like, fucking painful. Yeah, like I, I would have. I was. I was like, I, maybe I would have done. Uh, I, I would have done it with hooks through my butt cheeks or something. I don't know. Well, you're crazier than me. Yeah. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm in the world of illusion. Even though I had no illusion, I had no painkillers, no numbers, and I, I. I hung for six hours. I ah. broke the record. Yeah, and you're you're not and trying to the get first the humor person, out of it. I was ever the first person I ever hang from a helicopter. I didn't realize that the helicopter with the camera was going to create turbulence, and it was excruciatingly painful. I was up there for thirty something minutes, but no, I didn't do it as like a jackass thing. Right, right, right. You know, right. I did it as like you know mind over matter kind of thing to try to inspire people that you know are trying to accomplish things that look impossible, trying to show you that anything is possible. Yeah, and and dude, I'm I'm, I'm Thrilled that you don't even remember that. No. <laughs> Good. Steve Oho? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> How long does it take to prep for something like that? The helicopter one. Um, well, I produced the show. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was when I first went up, I felt like I was going to puke. So they had to bring me down. And the guy that does the Pearson, Alan Faulkner, I think his name was, nice guy, said, once you come down, you're never going to go back up. And I, I, I was like, the money is on the line with me because if I don't do it, I lose all this money that I now have to create content that I've already spent for helicopters, this location. Yeah. So I had to produce. It didn't matter what I thought. And it was very difficult to get back up. But I, uh, I did. And I was up there for like 35 minutes flying around with four fish hooks through my back. The first person to ever do this. And then prior to this, I hung for six hours in Times Square. And, you know, you've seen all things in Times Square. But when you see a dude hanging for six hours in the middle of Broadway and 43rd, people like 
like looking at me in a, like in a puke because the skin just stretches. But yeah, yeah. Steve, if you would have if you would have done this, you would have done it like I mean, yeah, you know, in some ball crazy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you could physically do that. You'd rip your ball your balls right <laughs> off because because if you if if the hook goes in too shallow, it rips out of your skin. If it goes in too deep, it could do muscle damage. So it's right. really it's really dangerous. At that point in my life. I was doing shit. I spent 24 hours on the water. I did a lot of shit that like I would never do today, you know, kids and everything. But I was so desperate to to achieve what I had in my head that I didn't give a shit what the consequences were. Like I said either I'm going to get out of this condition physically, you know, on my own terms or you're going to pull me out in a body bag. There was no like there was no way I was going to lose. I was going to die trying. That's how bad I wanted to succeed in my life. I just I just was willing to die from my art. Why were you ready to throw up on there because of the pain or because of the It was it you know when your skin separates from your muscle and you're hanging basically like you know when you pick up a cat yeah. by the neck, that's kind of how you're hanging. You're hanging from your skin all of the weight of everything internally is just like stretched and uh it, it's just insanely painful i only had one other thing that was more painful than that and that was believe it or not i i shot something and i had to put prosthetics on my face and when the guy removed the prosthetics either the, the the liquid that he was using to remove the glue or something got into my air eardrum and I wanted to take a gun and blow my brains out. The pain was, I couldn't, it just was just nonstop pain. It was the craziest pain I ever had. Worse than anything I ever experienced. And that was second. But you, you have done things, and I'm going to ask you this when yeah. we do my podcast. But the things that you have done, you know, without really a lot of planning, like you've done a lot of things like just I'm going to do this and just had something to drink <clears throat> and bam, literally did the craziest things that literally could have killed yourself. And you've ended up in a hospital so many times. Like what was the mental state to do that? And how did you prepare? Or you didn't prepare, like I just said, just did it. Um, yeah, the, yeah the, the, the mental state... I think that my, my general position is that my need for attention outweighs my need for safety and comfort. So you were willing to die for your <laughs> for much. your for your performance art. Yeah, pretty much. We have that in common. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's the, the the hard part is like because because there's no planning with Steve. It's all like spontaneous or as close as you can get. So me having the plan like help call the places and get it approved. Like I think. I think it'd be a lot easier if we had like a three days to prep, but like sometimes we have like four hours. Uh, yeah, you, you, you have to, I did like over a thousand demonstrations just on Mind Freak and I had to do 28 episodes in one season. So that would be, you know, 10 to 15 demonstrations that I had to have prepared and the sheer volume of doing that. You just don't have that time and you don't have that budget. So it, it's like, you know, you just, it, you, you take chances. I took a shitload of chances. I, I was on Planet Hollywood, 30 mile hour winds, trying to walk down it 550 feet in the air with no safety. 
Like it was the craziest thing. Like I have video of this and my brother freaking out because he thinks I'm gonna get blown over. Then the cops come because I wasn't known at that time and people thought like I was a jumper. <laughs> so how long are you, how long does it take you to prep for something like that? Well, then, no time. If I'm doing something now, I have a team. You know, I, I these studios, these are my buildings. Yeah, fabrication. So I, we fabricate everything. We do everything, engineering. You know, we, we, we do everything in-house. So it becomes, um, it's a very different dynamic than when you're doing it in your garage. You know? Yeah. And you have two people doing it with you. You said when you moved to Las Vegas and you have some kind of success that uh, you're out all the time and it's good. Like, you had more than a little bit of success. Let me ask you, why should Chris Angel be the one with more than just a little bit of success? Why shouldn't you have tons of success when it's so doable to grow an audience online and sell products to them these days? And if you're shipping your own products to your own customers, then the way to do that is with ShipStation. Like, that's how you get successful Johnny Knoxville and Steve-O Skateboard 2.0 out to the people when the bucket list DVDs are signed and shrink-wrapped and ready to go. I mean, come on, ShipStation is the way to do it. It takes all of your different shippers, all of your different platforms, and just combines them into one easy-to-use interface with the best rates for shipping, and it just, you know, you get your order, print out the label, slap it on the box, put the product in, it's out the door, and you are on your way to having more than just a little bit of success. And we've got a great deal for the listeners of the Wild Ride Podcast. If you go to shipstation.com and use the promo code STEVO, you get a risk-free 30-day trial so that you can find out just how much potential there is. So to get your risk-free 30-day free trial. Go to ShipStation.com and use the promo code Stevo. It's time to have success. Let's make ship happen. And let's get back to it. Right? I mean, it, 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 uh, when you can't, how much different was getting the residency with the, the, the Believe show? Well, the Believe show was a shit show. Um, that was produced and owned by Cirque du Soleil, and I was basically their puppet. And I, it was the best experience of my life, and it was the worst experience of my life. I learned so much from it. My show, A Plan of Hollywood Mind Freak, right now, is the most insane show, and I would love for you all to come see it. It, it has a tornado in it. It's, it's like physically the people are immersed in it, and I'm flying around. You see me on the ladder there just doing the craziest shit with people in the audience. I just do. It's just a crazy show. You'll cry. You'll be scared. You'll, 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 you'll be, like, energized. It's, it's just a nutty show, and it's, um, it's evolved and transformed into the number one uh, residency show in Las Vegas, which is insane. We bring in like, you know, uh, $150 million into the casino a year. There's been stories written about it. And uh, a lot, a lot of, lot of people that hate me for it and a lot of people that love me for it. But, um, at the end of the day, having the live show is awesome. I, I've done over 5,000 shows in Vegas. I've been performing here since 2008, 2005 with mind freak, but television is a completely different beast than live 
yeah. you know that you, you're doing comedy you're like killing it you're out there touring you're doing all that you know and then you do a movie like jackass or you do like you know mtv jackass each medium has its own things that you love about it and things that you're not <clears throat> as much of a fan about right so it's all different you just got to play in that medium and and know how to engage the audience or the viewer you know but do you love doing a residency versus like doing a world tour uh, it's a job you know it's it's when you when you go out and you tour it's a very different experience one yeah, yeah i i had the opportunity one time to have uh i think it was uh dinner with elton john and and he said, you know, Las Vegas audiences are so jaded. It's the it's the toughest audience because they're coming in, they're seeing you, then they're doing this, then they're seeing that person, then they're going out to a club, mm -hmm. lots of things to do. But when you tour, it's an event, you know, the radio's talking about it, you right. know, people are driving six hours to see Steve-O. You know, it's an event, it's a different type of energy because they're not gonna do this, this, this. They're, they're planning this for months that they're coming to see you. So they're hyped up, they're getting themselves more hyped up. And so um, it's, just a, it's just a very different um, uh, dynamic. Um, but, but for me now, doing it in Vegas for so long, listen, I'm blessed. I have an incredible life, but it's a job. It's not something that I, um, you know, always look forward to do. I'm being honest with you. It's, it's sometimes, you know, I'm not feeling good. I fuck up my ankle, um, you know, and I have to go do the show and I've never missed a show mm -hmm. since I've been in Vegas. I've done every show because when I came to Vegas, when I had nothing, I remember I had a, I, I couldn't even afford to rent a car and I walked to go see the show that I bought tickets for and it was canceled. I was so pissed. I spent the money on the plane ticket, on the hotel. Who was uh, the show? I, I don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> God rest their soul. Um, but uh, all I can say is this, is that I just promised myself that if I was ever blessed and fortunate enough to have success that I would never cancel. So I do the shows. When I'm on stage, I love doing it. When I tour, it's an excitement about that. You know, you wake up, you're doing one-nighters. I wake up, you know, I'm in a different place. The crew set up my shit in like three or four hours. I go out, I do the show, you know, go maybe play a little blackjack, have some fun, jump back on a bus, do the same thing the next day all over again. So it's different things, you know, um, but I'm blessed to do what I do. Uh, Planet Hollywood is a great home. Mind Freak is a great show and um, I'll be doing it tomorrow night through Sunday and I continuously do that about 200 times a year. I used to do it 460 shows a year. Now I'm down about 200 plus all these other projects. So it's good, it's, it's, it's a good time, but uh, when, busy. when you do it on tour, how many trucks does it take? To I keep bring? it simple. I do another show, it's called Raw, which I played on Broadway and I tour with it. I do one 53 foot truck, three tour buses. That's it. We set up in less than four hours and we tear down in about 45 minutes. But, you know, if you're a comedian, how, how big of a truck do you need for your microphone? Right. Or a ladder. You bring right. a ladder, right? Because I saw you um, um, with, when you were working um, here in Vegas. I'm trying to think. I think you were with Tom, Tom Green. Green. And you were awesome. Like, that's when you were, like, really starting to really, like, focus on comedy, right? Yeah, that was, that was very green at that time. Is that yeah. why you were here in that, in that photo? <laughs> was it no, no 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 that photo that oh, you had yeah, with yeah, everybody? That, that, yeah, Tom Green and I were doing the the show together. Yeah. Okay. So 2013. 2013. Wow. Now now your shit is like crazy, man. Yeah. Like it's you're it. selling out venues all over the place. It's your right. your Instagram, your your posts 
blow up and uh yeah it's it's incredible because you don't see that necessarily from the same um folks that you know that were featured in right in a movie so you've been you worked hard <clears throat> to get there i've definitely put put the work in um it uh it's it's been it's been a wild a wild wild thing um you reached out um about the this magic show with the stars and i wasn't able to do that because i was on tour right but uh how did that go it went great but the amount of work it was for me um as the executive producer and uh creator it it, it just was overwhelming and um it, it just um the artists that I brought on, you know, Frank, Mia, Randy Couture competing against each other or Donny Osmond and Debbie <coughs> Gibson or, you know, Miles Brown and, uh, you know, just a host of really cool people. Um, it was it was a great show. It was fun. But one season for me was was enough. Yeah. And, and where did that live on the CW? Yeah. Yeah. CW. But they were going through some changes. They uh, went through a new president, a new marketing department. So I was in it in their valley, let's just say. Hmm. When we were uh, talking to Carrot Top, um, he, what, what was it? The, he had a, an encounter with George Carlin. George oh, Carlin yeah. was like his his uh, his his mentor, mentor. Like, or not mentors, but it was like, like his, uh, role model. He that was, clip has like four or 5 million views on, on YouTube. Right. It's it crazy. Was him talking about George Carlin. It went super viral, which, 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 which makes me want to ask you, do you have like in the, the, the world of illusion, somebody who was like a hero to you? Yeah. I, I, you know, I never was a big fan of magicians cause I always thought they were so hokey, uh-huh. honestly. Um, there were obviously, you know, like Doug Henning, that was a product of his times. You know, you had Siegfried and Roy. Um, but a guy named Ricciardi uh, from Lima, Peru, really inspired me because he just, like, he didn't have the flash. He just used simple objects, a broom, uh, a chair, and, and he would create miracles, and he had such a commanding presence. He passed away in the 80s, but uh, he had a real effect on me. So did Houdini, obviously. Um, but he did crazy things. He like cut a girl. He like ripped the girl in half with a chainsaw, the buzzsaw right there, <coughs> and he didn't put her back together. He left her bleeding, and he would have, <coughs> excuse me, the audience come up and look at this, his daughter actually just sitting there, like look, appearing like she's dead, just like a massacre took place, and I was just like, wow. That is not like the family magic show that we we expect to see. And I love the fact that he did something so unorthodox and so provocative. And I think that had a lasting, he did things with razor blades, which I do on my show. He, you, you, I think you did the razor blades, didn't you do the, didn't you do the um, razor blades? Did you do something with razor blades? He chews glass. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. okay. Yeah, 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 okay, so razor blades, glass. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so. Uh, uh, he w- he was really really cool, and uh, I I have a little piece that I pay tribute to him in my show currently, which is called the Decult the Chair, but my interpretation of it. Is there anybody that like because your name's synonymous with Vegas? Like you know, I'm not trying to suck your dick or anything, but like you're you're a big deal in Vegas. Is there anybody that like that like you get starstruck over? Like this fucking guy's at my show. Like what the fuck? Wayne Newton is he still doing shows? He's been to my show. 
Yeah, he, he's he's still doing shows for Caesars. Um, I don't know if he's located at Caesars, but the Caesars company. He's uh, a lovely guy to me. Very, very uh, obviously, you know, he is Mr. Las Vegas. And, you know, you got Tony Orlando, who's doing the podcast for me today, who's like my father, who is a, a legend, has the greatest stories about, you know, the Rat Pack and... Mm. Just like old Vegas and stuff, you know, Tony Orlando is like, uh, I've learned so much from him. You know, the guy is still performing and, and kicking ass and he's dear friends. He comes over, he was just over for Christmas. Um, but um, yeah, there there are like, you know, people that, you know, I, I enjoy. I like to see any show. I don't care if it's a shitty show, if it's an okay show or it's a great show. You can learn from anything Mm -hmm. um and i love seeing things and and trying to take away you know something from that experience because um you know this it could always be better right you do a show you always can there's always something you like the timing of that or the way i deliver that or maybe i have to edit that can oh it's like it's right it's not tangible. It's like trying to hold water. You know, art is, is to have perfection is like impossible. So to see other people, it helps you kind of gauge like, okay, that's what I shouldn't do. That's what I should do. Not to try to copy it, but just the spirit of what they're doing. Yeah. What about other uh, popular magicians or illusionists? Like, let's just say David Blaine. Do you have relationships with those guys? (laughs) Like, do you ever like, do you collab? Do you beef or anything like that? Like what's like, it's about to go down and knowing what Chris Angel is about to share with us, I gotta say my heart rate is feeling a little bit elevated, but I can tell you exactly how elevated because I wear a whoop band and it's got a waterproof charger so you never gotta take it off and it tells me everything, like my how my heart rate's doing, my heart rate variability, how I slept, like how much time in each different stage of sleep, REM is the one that you want, how many calories I've burned, what activities I'm doing, and it really is the way to stay on top of your health. It's called WHOOP, W-H-O-O-P. The website is WHOOP.com, W-H-O-O-P.com, and it is the most sophisticated fitness tracking device known to man. I love it. I've been wearing it for years now, and dude, I just can't say enough good things about it and if you want to get one the actual whoop band and the waterproof charger is completely free what you pay for is the membership to have the app tell you everything about what's going on with your body and you can get 10 percent off that membership if you go to whoop.com and use the promo code stevo again it's the best fitness tracking device there is, and you should try it by going to whoop.com and using the promo code Stevo. And let's get back to it. I don't know. How's your relationships going? <laughs> All right. I'm going to tell you a story that I have not told anyone. Wow. All right. So. Listen, David Blaine, I give props to. He came out, did Street Magic, you know, blew up before I did, and give him all the props in the world. Um, when he was when he was coming up, you know, I I was very aggressive um, because I had a dream, I had a vision in my mind, I wanted to accomplish it. So you know, I would say, look, whatever David is doing, I can do it. 
and I'll do it side by side with him. And I guarantee you that whatever he does, I'll last longer, I'll do it better, I'll do whatever. Because I was committed to give my life to beating him or anyone else because I had something so bad that I wanted and he had it. So he had a big target on his head. And so, um, you know, I, uh, since then, recently, last year, went to go see his show. And, um, you know, it's nothing personal. It was just like people do it to me all the time. And it's like, bring it. It's, it's totally like part of the thing. Because in the magic world, it's, you know, if you go up to somebody on the street and you say, name five magicians, they have a difficult time doing that. It's, very, it's a very small place at the top. Yeah. And especially, you know, what, what I'm doing with live and television and stuff. So anyway, I saw him and I, I, I uh, went to his show and I was like, dude, you know, I just want to wipe this slate clean. I haven't, I've never met you before. So I just want to say like, you know, no hard feelings. Like I, uh, I apologize for anything that might've offended you or anything like that. And, um, I took off, I had a beautiful, beautiful ring, gorgeous ring, like 20 G's. I took it off. And I said, this is for you. And I said, let's, let's, you know, build a friendship and stuff like that. Because I'm talking, this was in like, in, in like the early, what, 2000s that this went down. Mm -hmm. It was like so many years ago. And I gave it to him and, uh, and he's like, oh, I don't, I can't accept this because I'm a minimalist. And, and then he called his friend over and was like, hey, let's put it in a museum. (laughs) You know, like you could do whatever you want with it. I'm giving it to you. And then the guy comes in. He's like, oh, okay, thank you. I was like, well, I gave it to David. <laughs> yeah. If he wants <laughs> to give it to you, that's his business because it's a gift from me. And then I was like, yeah, hey, let's do a picture. And he's like, oh, I can't do a picture with just you and me alone. And it's just fucking bizarre, dude. Like, just bizarre <laughs> behavior. And it's like, dude, grow up. Like yeah, it, it's, weird. it's, it's, it's like, you know, we're both adults. We both have children. I had a kid with cancer. Like, you know, it wasn't like we had a fist fight. It's not like we ever even met before. It's not like we ever even had a conversation on the phone, nothing. It was just some banter in the, in the press because I, because I wanted to succeed. And, you know, he's ripped me off with stuff that I've done, you know, like I've been on the what if 24 hours and he borrow that Mm -hmm. and then he did it later which is totally cool like god bless him like it's not a big deal do your thing man it's it's all good but life is too short to sit here and and uh but you know the truth is is that i'm out there um doing my thing pretty successful at doing it and uh i never look behind me wow That's uh Yeah, so you guys aren't having dinner together all the time. No, I I I, 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 him, I I text him after it. Like you think he would say, "Hey, Chris, thanks for the you know the ring or whatever." I texted him and I was like, "Hey, man, happy Father's Day! Thanks for having us at the show, whatever." And uh, never responded. So I was like, "Cool, dude. Like, it's all good. Like, I wish wish him and everyone else the best. Yeah, life is too short, man. And when you have a kid with cancer and you realize how fragile life is." All this other shit, like you never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. It means nothing. Yeah. It means yeah. nothing. Especially, like, you know, when you want to put love, light, and positivity in the world. Right. Yeah, I, I read about your kid having leukemia. Yeah. And doing, going Johnny through a th- Christopher, yeah. Yeah, a thousand treatments. Well, he went through 1,095 days 
Then he went to remission, which was three years. He went to remission for less than a year. He got a, it, it basically uh, came back. I found it in his testicles when he came out of the shower. I was like, looked at it. I was like, this doesn't look normal. Let's go to it. And then he went through another two years of treatment. So he was in it for over six years. And now my whole mission in life, and the reason why I believe I was blessed was for the betterment of children. Like I raise millions of dollars for kids. Every cent that I raise, 100% of every cent that I raise goes to um, these kids. Um, Cure for the Kids here in Las Vegas is a treatment center that treated Johnny and other kids, even if they don't have insurance. Um, Make-A-Wish of Southern Nevada, you know, I, uh, uh, does a lot of really good things to give kids the incentive to get through treatment to look forward for mentally to do. And so, you know, my whole mission in life is to earmark that money, make sure it doesn't go to like expenses or overhead. I pay all of that out of my pocket. We just raised, I, I think uh, on December, um, what was it, the 18th, um, day before my birthday, I had a big event. I had a bunch of bands that you would love that just played Cheap Trick and nice. and um, Fast the Pussycat, LA Gun, Skid Row, a uh, uh, bunch of bands. Anyway, they um, we raised... Uh, about a million, over a million six. And it all goes to kids and I raise money every show. So that's my mission in life, you know, that's 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 what I'm here to try to do. And I'm so blessed that my kid is doing good. He's in school and uh, you know, it's just, but you never know, man, it's, it's fragile, it's scary. I mean, <laughs> leukemia is just kind of like hit or miss. There's no causes for it. There's One no child every two minutes is diagnosed with um, pediatric cancer. And, um, you know, that's, that's a huge number. One child every two minutes. So, um, you know, not to bring the show down, but if people want to help, they can go to chrisangelhelp.com. They can watch a documentary I made that's 13 minutes long. It's called 1095. And it's basically about 13 minutes long. Took six years to make about what we went through. And people can donate a dollar or watch. Here it is right here. Yeah. So, um, that's the documentary right there. People can watch that and uh, share it. And if they feel compelled, donate a dollar. If they don't, to share it. And mm. uh, hopefully we can raise awareness and money and make pediatric cancer disappear. Because it's uh, it, when you see kids, and I go to hospitals and I see these kids, uh, it, um, it really puts everything in perspective, you know? It really puts everything in perspective. Because they're so fucking innocent. They should be worrying about playing with their toy. Yeah. Not like they did I, have wrong. To, I have to sit there and get chemo for how many hours or do a blood transfusion or do a spinal tap or, you know, all the shit. My, my son was hooked up to blanitumumab, uh, basically, you know, a machine 28 days a month, every other month. It was, I try to do it. He lost all his hair. That's him in the, in the bed, obviously, uh, there. And uh, it's a... It's a difficult situation. So for me, that puts everything into perspective and everything else, you know, is um, a blessing. Every moment is a gift. That's why you have to live your life doing what you want to do. Put love, light, and positivity out there. Don't do something you hate to do for a living. Try to do something. Life is too short, mm -hmm. you know? Anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> Scott and I are obsessed with videos where people are sharing their account of near-death experiences, where they've had the experience of dying and going to the other side and having what's called a life review. And <clears throat> these accounts of life review are just incredibly consistent. And um, they these people talk about, like, 
experiencing their whole life from the perspective of everybody on whom they had an impact. So if you bummed somebody out, you mm -hmm. experience mm -hmm. it as that person. Plus, without the limitations of time, like just infinite detail and infinite, like immersed in, in, in just infinity of that experience. And um, it, it really, really makes us believe strongly that at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is how you treated others. 100%. It's you, 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 as you get older, I can tell you reflect a lot yeah. and you think about how fragile life is because you could, my dad died when he was 60. I'm 56 years old. Like that's four years. That's four more Christmases. That's four more birthdays. Mm -hmm. Like you just put things in perspective very, very differently. And, um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta like not sweat all the bullshit. Right. And like, you know, that's why, like, when you sit there and, and said to me, like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You want me to hold on to that? Like, oh, dude, you know, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to hold on to that? That's what I'm saying. Like, I right. forgive you. Like, I don't even have to say that. Like, <laughs> shit, like, you yeah. were doing what you were doing. You were in a specific place at that time. Your career was in a specific spot. You might have been not clear-headed, or maybe you were. I and, and, and you say shit, or you because we all evolve and transform as people you there's never it's never too late to change who you are you never have to be that person you ne the past is the past for a reason this moment and the next moment i can choose to be how i want to be how i've learned from my past that's the key and that's why i'm sad for david i'm sad for him because he can't understand that or accept that like this bullshit that happened or what small little like yeah. nothingness is something you're still holding on to like don't hold on to it because it just makes you internally right. have that turmoil hmm. it's bad for sure and, and whatever it was that I said about you, would like, would, yeah. What I, is it? I want to know. I don't know. Isaac, you're near me now. Now I can grab you. No. I, <laughs> yeah. Isaac, uh, Isaac was trying to bring it up, and there's clearly no evidence of it online. Oh. You, you said um, you said this like in the news. Yeah, or something? I don't, I don't, well, I now don't, you can make up and make it yeah, look like it wasn't that bad. I, I don't know, but uh, but but whatever. You said it, I should should grow my hair. Is I think what you said. All right. Wh whatever it was, it was, uh, you know certainly it came from fear like I wanted to, to prop myself up let me try people put other people down to try to like build themselves up somehow mm. and um, that, um, that that's what it was regardless of, of uh, what like uh, drug or whatever I was I was on and I think I've come a long way since then oh. I have no desire to put anybody down yeah no it's 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 and it's honestly it's i didn't even it's not a big deal and, and you know what and <laughs> take that so back. much shit said about me from you know perez hilton you know back in the day you know wrote so much stuff about me i mean and now we're friends like it, you can't i'm actually taking them out to dinner oh, on uh, on saturday like it, you can't hold on to shit like that you got to grow <clears> up <throat> Yeah, I, I take that back because I, I've said so many disparaging things about people. I can't, I, I can't sit here and say I don't 
don't have a desire to put anybody down. You can't, sometimes you have an opinion. Yeah. You know, you have an opinion. And it's not always a positive opinion. Um, I love Perez Hilton too. He's yeah, he's, he's, you know, he was one of the, the first to do it the way he did it. Yeah. And he transformed. Yeah. You know, because he's not like putting cum stains on people's pictures and yeah. doing that shit, which he used to do. <laughs> I, I was one with the cum stains on my. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's, you know, he has kids and he's, um, you know, he's evolved and transformed. And how, I'm going to sit here and hold that against him or he's going to sit there and hold what right. I did to him against him. 20 against years me. ago. Like, it's just, right. it's crazy. It's just, you got to move on, man. Life is too short. And For sure. Forgive and forget and, and try to be friends and try to put love out there. Like, it's all about love, light, and positivity for me. I mean, that's just my perspective. That, that Amen, my brother. It is all about love, light, and positivity. I couldn't agree more. And you know what does not jive with that is negative, embarrassing, shameful habits. You gotta get rid of it, man. And the best way to do that is to trade in a bad habit and replace it with a good habit. And that is what fume is all about. Fume, it's a diffusive device. It just flavors air. There's no battery, there's no chemicals, there's no nothing. It's just a healthy thing that I personally love so much, I keep it in my pocket at all times. It's that simple. I mean, you can trade in the chemicals and, and, and the craziness and the embarrassment with flavored air. And next thing you know, you're on your way to being done with that filthy bad habit. And if you want to try this, they got what's called the Journey Pack. You go to tryfume.com slash Stevo and use the promo code Stevo. That's T-R-Y-F-U-M dot com slash stevo and use the promo code stevo for 10 percent off your fume journey pack why is it called the journey pack because when you get it you begin your journey to a happier healthier version of you so that you can live your life in love light and positivity that's right so one more time go to tryfume.com slash stevo and use the promo code stevo for 10 percent off your journey pack now let's get back to it it's the only thing there is man it, it's the only thing there is is Perez Hilton in Vegas yeah he moved out here everybody's making the pilgrimage to Vegas mm -hmm. especially from California because of the taxes right. and the craziness that's going on people come out here are you buddies with Sebastian Bach? I am. I love him, dude. Yeah, he's like, dude! <laughs> dude, he's, he's the sickest. We, 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 just, we just had him in here, and he was on fire. Yeah, oh yeah, he's like amped up. Yeah. He's always, he just, he just uh, came and uh, he has an amazing voice, and he just uh, graced us with... Uh, some songs for the charity because I have this like event. You have to come next year. I'll invite you. I love you. it. Yeah, please. It's do. Uh, Monday, December seventeenth. I think next year, eighteenth or whatever it is. But uh, but yeah, we have. I have like eight bands that play. Um, uh, Paul Stanley came out, um, who's a dear friend, and uh, and uh, uh, Mark, uh, um, the owner of the Raiders, Mark Davis, and um, everybody was there. Uh, even little uh, Stevie Van Zant. Um. Paul Stanley, you just had him on on your podcast. You, you showed I did. me that. Has your podcast been released? Um, I released a couple episodes. Now I'm holding it because I'm 
I'm working on something a little bit more uh, meaningful as far okay. as uh, distributing it. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, people say, you know, Paul is, we were just talking last night, Paul, everybody says that we're related because we look very similar. I mean, he doesn't have the beard on and all that stuff going on, but uh, he is like, the dude is so generous, so amazing. And I was at the two last shows at Madison Square Garden and they, they were just, it was spectacular. I feel like I've never heard anything negative about Paul Stanley. Great guy. Literally has done so much for my son, for, can for pediatric cancer, is at my event every year, donating, jumping up on stage. Um, it's just a, a, a one of my dear, dear friends that I'm so, I value that relationship mm. because Kiss was a huge inspiration to me, you know, when I was a kid and still is. And, you know, I'm sure you were. I had a Kiss lunchbox. Really? Yep. In like first grade. It's probably worth millions though. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, they they have the most like merchandise you can imagine. But uh, right. I have a couple of them in 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 the. Uh, I think that studio. that was actually it. Like, really? Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say I think that was specifically my lunchbox in first grade. That's, that's cool. Look at the shit that they endured, right? When they came out, look at the shit that they endured from critics, you know, just bashing them and bashing them and bashing them. And they persevered and where are those critics? And, you know, they play, they were playing for 50, 75,000 people. It's yeah. just insane. How big of shows are you doing now? Well, when I tour, I do probably 6,000. Wow. And then here it's about 1,500. Yeah, wow. that adds up over 300 shows, 200 shows a year. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. It became, I mean, Carrot Top, his show is just like in such a small, yeah, intimate, intimate little It's spot. a great venue for, yeah. for his show. Mm -hmm. But uh, 1,500, that, is, that, that seems intimidating to like. It, you know, listen, Vegas is busy, goes through like. It goes through different things. But Ebbs and flows. Yeah. You know, like after Christmas, January, February typically is slow um, because people spend their money. Um, you know, February 14th, you know, Valentine's Day, people come out. You guys have the Super but, Bowl this year here. Yeah, we do. Um, I'm actually um, um, doing something for it tomorrow. I'm shooting. I can't wow. say what it is. <laughs> cool. but I, I don't know if it's going to air or if it's a commercial, but it's, it's pretty exciting. And... Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty cool, but um, but yeah, somehow we managed to 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 do uh, to do really really well, and uh, I'm just so thankful to the fans and people that come out to to see the show, and uh, you know people have a great time. It's a party. It's it's craziness. It's it has every emotion. It's an emotional roller coaster, mm. but you got to come check it out. Definitely, you you'd enjoy. Yeah, it. I, I, I can't yeah. wait to. Yeah, can can you help me understand? Like when you walked in here, you said you're a little bit of a mentalist. Was that real? Like, is that? I was kind of fucking with you. Okay. I, think. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, yeah. can you fucking explain to me how they can look at somebody's what face? What did I say to you when I... when you walked in? I think I forgot. Yeah, you said you... you were like, oh, you got married at the White Chapel. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But but yeah. but then I'm because I'm like, dude, when somebody like looks at somebody and they're just like write down the name of their dog and show yeah. it to them, like, what the fuck is that? It's all bullshit. Okay. <laughs> there is That's no. That's all you gotta say. Thank take, God. Take me undercover with you. This will be a show. Okay. Let's go undercover to like you know tarot card readers people are gonna read your palm and we'll okay. go sit there and i'll have a little camera 
and I'll like completely expose. It's all cold reading. It's all bullshit. Like somebody says, hey, it's listen, it's magic. It's tricks. It's illusions. It's all of that stuff. You know, Houdini spent what half of his life debunking yeah, these people. Yeah, because his mom. Yeah. Like 1926, uh, he died, but his mom lost, died, and he, he lost his mom. He's super upset about that, mm -hmm. and uh, was he, he? He so wanted to communicate with her, and like all the seance people. Yeah, the mediums that, would be like, "Oh, your mom's talking to me," and and then the he realized that they were using the same tactics that he would employ doing tricks. So he exposed them and then he got sued and he would go to court. And so his, half of his life, that's what he did. He battled these people. So when he died in 1926 on Halloween, he said to his wife, Bess, I'm going to give you a word because people are going to claim that they connected to me and contacted me. Asked him what, what I'm telling telling you telling them to give to tell you and so basically they held a seance for 10 years it was a vigil it was um in california on top of the i think the roosevelt hotel and um right where my star is by the way yeah. <laughs> which was cool that they tied it together with houdini but uh they had a 10-year vigil there a seance and eventually his uh, wife blew out the light and said that no one was capable of making that connection. And the word that they had before he died that he told his wife would be is the word believe. And in the word believe, in the center of that word is lie. Hmm. So none of them um, That's said, funny. hey, we're contacting thee. What's What is he saying? Believe. No one did that. Yeah, what wow. about that guy that would the, the great Randy James Randy? Yeah, I knew him. I know James Randy. When I was seventeen years old, I had a <coughs> cable access show <laughs> called Hot Kicks uh, back in the day in Brookhaven, New York. I uh, had him on, and he was the one who came up with me confirming to be called uh, Chris Angel. No shit. Yeah, my, my real name is uh, Christopher Nicholas Sarandakos. Then I had Santos, then I had Sarantis, and then I was thinking about Angel. He's like, Angel, that's a great name for you. You look nothing like an angel, and you have birds in your show. And, and I, I kept it. And uh, I've known him uh, for many, many years. He was always very kind to me. He passed. Um, but uh, but he started a foundation that debunked or proved that it that he, that what people claim to be psychic or supernatural that he couldn't reproduce or explain how it worked. And he did that when he died. The guy that started running his foundation is a guy is a dear friend of mine, Banachek, um, who um, runs that foundation. And uh, they have a million dollars for anybody that can do anything that can't be explained or reproduced. And then I jumped in. I put a million dollars on the line a couple of times to uh, to offer to like some of the Long Island psychic yeah. and all these people just to and they just run. They just run. Yeah. I mean, you remember watching that documentary with me when he would just like go on the Today Tonight Show or whatever it was and. These people would come out, and he's like, okay, well, why don't you do this? And you'll, like, put a box around it, and they, they can't do it. They're like, I just, it's just I'm not feeling yeah. it today. Or we're going to move this pen with our mind. And he said, okay. And he would take, like, little styrofoam and put it on there. He said, okay, 
move the pen and not with the styrofoam because one of the techniques is is that you blow uh-huh. on the table which makes the pen go in reverse yeah. um or there's some other technique so like you know it, it, yeah he was on johnny carson and he had a guy named ori gela on mm-hmm. who i did a show with and ori gela claimed that he could bend forks and silverware and all of these different things and then when i was in front of him I said on television, I said, okay, I'll give you a million dollars. Bend this fork right now because I, I bend forks all the time. No, show me, show, bend. And he wouldn't do it. And he claimed that it was a trick. If I do it now, it's a trick. You know, but what I did back then was, and I was just like, so kind of exposed that it was bullshit. Um, I do want to push back, though, because I feel like there have been some really pretty credible psychic things I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. My dad went to see a psychic um, with, at the time, my stepmom. The psychic said, your, your first wife um, needs to be set free because her ashes have not been spread, right? Like, so the psychic knew that my dad... A had a first wife. B his first wife was dead, and the 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 ashes were sitting in an urn on uh, a shelf in my sister's bedroom closet because we just hadn't come up with a, an idea for for spreading these ashes. Okay, so um, you ever buy uh, a car, and as soon as you take it out on the road, you realize, oh, there's my car over there. There's my car over there. Uh-huh. You ever? See, and, but when you don't have that car, you never notice that. So uh-huh. here's what happens. It's basically called cold reading. So you weren't there actually listening to I the wasn't. chain of events. And if I guarantee you, if you videotape that and you listen to the playback, um, you would see, and I could point out exactly the method of how they do it. They, they talk about a lot of things. People have expressions, body language, they're engaged, they might even say something. So if I'm talking general, generalizing about different things and I see that you have an interest in something, I'm going to feed off of your body language, how you react, your facial expressions, if you respond to me, and I'm going to constantly go and go further and further once I hit something. I'm gonna start going more in that direction and I'm gonna start digging and trying to see, okay, which path am I going? I'm changing paths constantly. Then at the end of that process, you're gonna leave there and the only thing you're gonna remember is what you want to remember that's important to you. That's why Houdini had such a problem with people taking advantage of people that lost a loved one because people would go to psychic and say, I love this person, I miss them. And people would take, the psychics would take these people, these vulnerable people, their money, and essentially just give them false hope and just read them and respond to them based on the information that they were gathering while they were talking to that person. It's called cold reading. And it's just, you know, I've hypnotized you know, what, 150 people to remove their clothes. Um, I've, I've done a lot of these things. I've exposed this stuff. It is, you know, the sad part about it is, is that we take this and it doesn't become just entertainment or a trick anymore. We're taking this and we're putting such a value on it. 
and we're putting a value on it because it goes to our heart with somebody that we love and this most intimate connection that we have as humans. And now I'm exposing that it's bullshit and now you feel like, oh my God, this thing that I thought, it, it's kind of like when you find out Santa Claus mm-hmm. as a kid, yeah. it's, there's no Santa Claus. I can assure you, if people had the ability to do that, why on 9-10 they did not predict 9-11? Mm-hmm. Why are they sitting there trying to take $10 for a reading when they can literally just predict what a lottery would be. I mean, there's so many reasons and so many facts. But for me, being somebody who's been doing magic since I was six years old, and I'm not a specialist in anything. I'm a general practitioner, but I know a bit about all the different disciplines within the art. Um, from my perspective, I would love to see anyone do something. For me, a couple people that I have a lot of respect for, that we can't explain it or reproduce it. Have you ever? Been, and we put our we put our money on the line for that. Have you ever been asked to uh, be on the show, uh, Tyler Henry, the Hollywood medium? No, they would never have me on that show. They wouldn't, like I said, the Long Island Psychic, which was somebody that yeah. garnered a lot of, you know, I offered, we offered $2 million. <laughs> um, yeah, the, these people, it's just, they're basically doing a show, but they're claiming it's real. That's where my problem is. If right. they went out there and said, hey, we're going to do some mind reading and blah, 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 but they don't sit there and say, like, this is real, um, it crosses the line. Because he's saying that he has an ability that no one else has. And he's going to make money off of that ability and take advantage of those vulnerable people that lost a loved one. And for me, um, these charlatans have been around throughout the course of history, you know, because people capitalize and take advantage of people. It's all the same bullshit, I promise you. I would love to do a show now and go in undercover into the best psychics <laughs> and just expose them. I mean, maybe that's something we need to do, Steve-O. I, I, I mean... We'll, I, go, we'll have the quest of just going I, out there and... Who's this guy? Tyler Henry? Tyler Henry. Now, I got to be fully transparent here. <clears throat> I went on this Tyler Henry show, and I'm th- and, and it's a, there, there's cameras, there are filming to put it on TV and I don't want to be a chump so I'm like going into it with like the most skepticism and uh, but how are you going to have skepticism if you don't know (laughs) methods and techniques that people like myself have been doing since I was six years old like how do you you, it's like you're going to fight I saw you fight uh, was it Holly you wrestled Holly. Oh uh, yeah, Holly yeah. Holm. Yeah, All right. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. How do you have a chance against somebody that you have no chance, dude? No chance whatsoever. Frank Mir is coming here. He's going to be part of the panel. Yeah. You have like no chance. Right. So my point is, if I sat with you 
and we watch that, I could say, look at that. There's something called pre-show. There's something that they do before Google. they start rolling the cameras. They start going in and asking people to do a questionnaire. Or, hey, you know what? Hey, we want to ask you some questions, but just write them down so you remember what we're talking about. You don't even give it to us. You hold on to it. Put it in your pocket. Right? It's all of this bullshit that sets up the scene. Trust me, I, I've done all this stuff on, you know, what, 100 plus episodes of Mind Freak, then on my show Believe that I did on uh, another network. And this is the stuff that I employ. I do all of this stuff um, to create the illusion. But people know I'm an entertainer. Um, they know that it's that I'm not trying to pass it off as something legitimate so in order for you to be a skeptic you really have to be educated all right in in in, in that art because it is an art i uh i i, I can't push back on that well it's just hard to like ha like when they're like pick a number between one and a thousand and then they're like 467 yeah but but what happened before <laughs> that where did you what did you what did you write it down know. on did you write down 467 I don't know. Yeah, right, right 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 <laughs> but you, you see what you're doing you're doing exactly what i said happened when they went to that uh psychic you're choosing moments that stick out to you like holy shit and you're forgetting about all the other moments that had a lead to that moment that might look innocent that you might not even realize something's going on, right? Yeah. So that's that's the thing. So if we pulled up like a shorts clip on YouTube of a mentalist on the street, you can be like, this is what he just did. Well, you can't believe anything that you see on TV because there's so much shit that happens. I, I, I used to get accused of shit like, you know, on Mind Freak, like, oh, CGI. No, I did things practical. But, you know, I would get accused of all the Then you watch now what they're putting out there and it's like it's so apparent like there's not even an attempt to try to you know make it look legit so like the movie the, the men who stare at goats when the government was hiring people to like hone in on bullshit for the government that's my friend uh banachek who i mentioned to you early and the reason why randy picked him to run his organization um when he passed on was because Banachek fooled scientists. Um, he legitimately was studied. Him and his friend was studied because of the things that they were able to bend metal and move objects yeah. that were completely, you know, surrounded in in glass. And he was able to move it and do things like light, you know, just just things that he did. It was called the Alpha Project, I believe it was called. Ooh. And uh, and then he exposed that he was just a magician, but he was able wow. to fool scientists. The easiest people to fool are the people that are the most educated that think they're an authority on a subject. The hardest people to fool are like people that are like kids. Because I'll be like, hey, and they'll be like, what's in this hand? <laughs> they don't, they don't, they're not conditioned. When somebody is conditioned with a way to think, those people are easy to misdirect. When somebody is uh, just basically like a free, uh, free thinker and doesn't think in a specific pattern, they're more difficult. Hmm. That makes sense. You know, 
magic is psychology. Like if I'm talking to her now and I, and I go like this, you're going to look at my hand. You just did. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, the, those are the things that I'm saying. It's all about controlling, allowing somebody to feel like they're in control. But in reality, I'm the one who's in control of everything. Mm -hmm. And you can do that in so many ways. Wow. It's fantastic, dude. That's some juicy shit. <laughs> um, I mean, okay, there, there's one more thing that I think of. There was, uh, and, and, it, and it goes to the near-death experience phenomena again. This, uh, a doctor, a scientist, and this is like, uh, I, I, I saw it in some like pretty, I don't know, some form. And a patient, like, died, was in a coma or whatever. Um, the doctor was uh, in, like, the cafeteria at the hospital or something, spilled tomato, the spaghetti sauce, like, on his shirt. Mm -hmm. and, and he was like, oh, man, you know, what a rookie move. And, like, cut, like uh, buttoned up his lab coat and then, like, went back and... Uh, and then, like, the, the the patient, like, comes out of the coma or whatever and was like, oh, you, you know. Spilled. Yeah, you spilled. And yeah. he's like, it was covered. They couldn't I've see I've seen it. that. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me make a very clear distinction. The distinction is this. We were talking about psychics, mentalists, you know, that claim that they have the supernatural power. I have faith. I believe in God. Okay. I can't comment on what happens if somebody is clinically dead because that's not magic. That's something that, you know, is completely in a different world, okay. literally. So for me, I have, even though I'm a huge skeptic when it comes to man, yeah. I have a tremendous faith when it comes to God. So it's a distinction. So. I, I can't sit here and say that I'm fascinated by that. So you're okay with the spaghetti stain story? A hundred percent. Yes. You know why? <laughs> because you're talking about somebody who is talking about they were clinically dead. They knew something that happened when they weren't even in that room. Right. Or was supposed to, were, were no one bear witness to it. They're, you know, under, you know, um, they're knocked out. And they wake up and they know this stuff. So, like, uh, listen, in situations like that, I, I, you know, unless I'm there and I'm in the operating room and I know that that person, I, I can't sit there and comment. I just know what these people do. Right. These charlatans, the people that scam people. Right. You know, it's like three-card Monty. I know the technique of that. It's been around forever. People are going to continuously do that and do that and do that. But it's the same shit. This stuff here is the same stuff. Like, that's Banachek. Banachek is a guy that comes across like you think the shit he's doing is real, right? The shit that I do looks like it's real. But we don't sit there and say it's real, mm -hmm. you right. know, because that's, that's crossing the line. We're, we're doing tricks. We're, I love that. You know? And, and it's also significant that this guy who had the spaghetti stain was like a super legitimate doctor who had nothing to gain right. by, by making it. He wasn't, There's many stories like that. Yeah. I saw mm -hmm. one with a woman, a similar situation. The guy was 
like she was out and she knew things that were happening when she died in that room that it was impossible for her to know because she didn't have any family members there. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, doctors and nurses and she woke up and then when she recovered, she was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, how did you yeah. know? It's impossible for you to know. So I, I, that's what I'm saying. I, that's, that's a different, that's a different I love that, world. Man. I'm so glad that, that we cleared that up because yeah, now for every painting, there's a creator. All right. Let me ask you this. Um, reincarnation. What about like the stories of little kids who are, are uh, you know, they're remembering past lives where like they're looking at photos, recognizing people, naming them by name. Oh, that was my car in the photo. I feel like. And, and I think I'd well, there's another one that maybe Isaac can look up. There, I, I saw like a fucking 16th month old baby <coughs> just playing like Bach on the piano. It's like, how? What is that? You know, um, I, I personally don't believe in, in reincarnation. Okay. No, it goes against kind of my faith. But um, like this, look at this. Yeah. This it's incredible. I mean, what is that? A prodigy. You ever see the kids that can paint insanely? Oh. Yeah, online. I mean, like, do you think maybe this was Mozart coming back into it? Like, no, I just, think, I, just think, I just think this is a prodigy. This is somebody that just like has, you know, a lot of people go through life and they never find their passion, what they're good at. Yeah. Because they're so consumed with what they have to do to pay their bills and they right. never get that opportunity to explore. You know, um, obviously this is something that's insanely natural for this kid. So, you know, th there's, there's so many things that are, y y we can't know everything. Yeah. And yeah. the problem is man wants to know everything. It's impossible. Like we could sit here and debate forever. You know, how did earth form? You know, how, you know, all of these different things. And what it ultimately comes down to is what you believe in, what your faith is, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Or like the elephants that can paint, you know, that one yeah. elephant that can paint, like sure. it's like happy or sad shit. It's wild shit. Yeah, I, I mean, th there's just stuff that we're never gonna know. Oh, dude, I I love it, man. I love it. And and when when you say the the belief in reincarnation goes against your faith, like at end of yeah. No. And, but you know what? We live in an amazing country that people can believe whatever they wish and you got to respect them for what they believe. Yeah. You know, sure. and, and I do, I don't, I don't put what I believe on anyone. Right. You know, I, I don't, I, I, it's my personal belief. It's what I think. And you know, this country was founded on that, you know, and it's, it's like whether you're a liberal or you're a conservative at the end of the day, you look at president Reagan and tip O'Neill two different perspectives but they were still friends and at the end of the day they went out and had drinks together mm -hmm. that's what we need today it doesn't yeah. matter what you believe or what we could still like have love and friendship right we don't have to hate each other because you believe this way and i believe that way why 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 has why has this country evolved and transformed into that it's really unfortunate it doesn't have to be that way yeah okay last question yeah cryptocurrency where are you at on that? 
Why, why would I'll you tell you a, I'll tell you a quick story about this. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't lose any money, and I didn't make any money. <laughs> but, uh, but a friend of mine, Gene Simmons, okay. came here. He spent two days with me. We're just hanging out. We're talking. And and he's like, Chris, you got to get into crypto. God, I've made all this money. He showed me his phone, and it was considerable. And uh, he's like, you got to get into this. So I'm like... Okay, so I call up, I talk to uh, my manager, who's very smart, he's a Harvard graduate with a law degree and stopped practicing law, now they represent, you know, Justin Timberlake, Martin Scorsese, they produced The Irishman and Motley Crue, The Dirt, Dave Barham is his name, great guy. He's like, ah, you know, I know, I know, and so I just, I, I just didn't, I don't, I invest in myself, yeah. Because I trust myself, mm-hmm. and if I fail, then okay. But I don't. When I don't know something, like during COVID, I threw some money into some stocks because I knew what was going to happen. Not knew it like insider like, trading. Insider yeah. trading. Yeah. Or, <laughs> like, it was more. It was, was more, more psychic. It was more psychic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like stuff like that, when I know a business, I know an art form or something like that, that, that that's, makes me more comfortable. But to make a long story short, the whole thing collapsed. And thank God I didn't get into it because Gene was like, he gave me phone numbers to call people and I never did it. I explored it a little bit, but never got into it. I don't know what the outcome was for him. I'm hoping that he got his money out before it collapsed. But yeah, no, it's... it's um. You know, it, it's crazy. It, 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 do you have money in? in I, I, I don't, but I, I, I got a buddy who... Anymore? Or, no, no, no. <laughs> no you like just thinking about yeah. getting into it. You now, know what I did? Nah. Like when, when, the NFT, when the NFT thing was, was popping off, yeah. like uh, I sold one NFT. I made it, like did the thing, sold it. Like uh, I think it was like, um, you know, one ETH or, or like 1.01 ETH, which at the time was like 3,000 bucks. And in order to do that, I set up a whole thing. I came up with a password, which was a whole series of words, wrote it down on a cardboard box so that it wouldn't be like, you know, like, <laughs> and, and the cardboard box is in the closet. My editor- Sounds threw, like a magic trick. <laughs> my, my, yeah. Yeah, my, my editor like like reorganized the closet. Because we had all the production shit in there, and, and he threw away the cardboard box. So you can't think, get you three grand now. Yeah, and and now like the three grand at one ETH at this point is like two thousand twenty five hundred. Well, how do you get your money out? Because yeah, there was wait, a, wait, there was can't. no, but there was a documentary. Did you see that documentary mm-hmm. about like the credit card scheme that you could just use this credit card to get your crypto money out? And then it was a scheme they they stole like tens of millions of dollars it's on i think it's on netflix what was that uh, I, was I forgot like, what it was called but i just watched it like a week ago uh is it, yeah like crypto boys or something Maybe. yeah it was it was these young guys that that, that started a, a scam yeah oh look at he's good bitcoin. yeah that's it oh bitcoin did you see that i did you gotta it, watch that watch that yeah the guys the dude that scam people they're on it dude it, okay, got no man. jail time Wow! Well, yeah, don't don't ruin because... it. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, yeah. I love I love a good documentary. You like UFC fights? Do you go to those? Well, you can say I like yeah, it. I train. Yeah, there you go. I train for. Uh, I have a purple belt. 
No shit. Yeah. Wow. And I, I train. I have a gym at my house. I train like four or five days a week, two to four hours a day with a guy named Frank Mir, who's my professor, yeah, two-time UFC heavyweight champion. And then uh, uh, Jake Ellenberger, who's a UFC uh, veteran. He's my training partner. And then I have like Anthony Pettis. And so I, I'm really into it. I train, cool. train uh, pretty hardcore in like MMA. Like, so it's ground, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, you know, and then stand-up, boxing, um, Muay Thai, karate, and then, you know, grappling. And, and that's how you stay stuff. in shape for your shows. Yeah, and, and I, I do a little workout. You know, yeah. the show is very physically demanding, and um, so I, I, I just, I love, my passion is, um, is MMA. It's like what I totally just love doing. I go in there, I have this nice little gym in there, and everybody just comes and visits, and Frank's always there, and then I just come, and I train with different people, and I pick up. I have Jake Shields coming in, and I'm he's really good uh, against the cage, and just trying to pick up some moves and stuff like that. I love that stuff. You would love getting into some grappling yeah. jiu-jitsu. I yeah, know you'd you, be good at anytime it. Anytime you want to come over and train. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to see Frank Muir, so you come yeah. over, and Jake Ellenberg is going to be here, too. I love it, They're, man. they're awesome. They're uh, really, really talented, but I, I've been doing it, and... Uh, really hardcore uh like i say you know four or five days two to four hours a day just Shit. you know and frank's a big dude he's two but uh, he was he's 275 280 now so <laughs> rolling with him is wow it's not easy yeah. um, <laughs> let me ask you this uh our podcast that we're gonna record for you mm -hmm. um when do you think that's gonna that's a good question <laughs> because because we're, cause what I was gonna say is let's direct everybody who's watching oh, this. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Yours. Oh well, maybe we can put that. When is this coming out? This will be uh, two weeks from this Thursday. Okay, well, right? definitely. Jeremy no. Corbell, Sebastian Bach, Chris oh, yeah. Angel. Yeah, yeah. Yep, two weeks from this Thursday. So two do weeks. me a favor and then invite me, and I'll collab with you. So that uh, that, I, I don't know that that's a thing on YouTube. Oh, oh you don't put it on Instagram? On Instagram, no. we no on Instagram. Oh yeah, we can do a promo. We, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll get some clips cut and we'll make you a collaborator. Yeah, yeah, and then and then I'll share. And then if you could do the same thing for me, but yeah. definitely, uh, I don't know because uh, are we still rolling or are we done? No, we're still rolling. We're still rolling. Oh, okay, yeah. we I'll tell you what. Well, well, like uh, we'll, we'll leave it like this. Okay, so. Now I'm going to go record your podcast. Yeah, so we have uh, Frank Mir on the panel. We have Mike Hammer, really funny guy, magic comedy guy. And then we have uh, Jake Ellenberger. So, and then we have our guest, Mr. Steve-O. So we're going to talk a lot. And yeah. uh, I'm going to get, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to get deep because I'm going to talk th about the shit you talked about me. With that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's playing nice guy on, on yeah. here. He's I, well, this, this, this three you of up. you against me. <laughs> yeah. Is this open? <laughs> Eject. Yeah, dude. It's, no, it's, thank it's, you so much great. for having me, man. man. I enjoyed the what hell a, of What that. an honor. Yeah, I thank enjoyed you the so hell much. That. Another great episode and 198 making us dangerously close to episode 200. What is it gonna be? Well, spoiler alerts live in my new Reddit forum, which is r slash Steve raw And um, as I said in the intro, been having a little bit of a struggle for the last couple months. What happened was, uh, you know, I went on this insane promo tour to promote my bucket list special which uh i'm almost ready to release on dvd the window for uh 
getting it online is over. Um, if you didn't get to see it, you're going to have to either wait for the DVD or wait. I, I don't know. But uh, enough with that. Um, while I was doing that promo run, I did like 50 podcasts. And I just got burned out. You know, I got burned out. Ended up uh, just being burned out and, and screwing up interviews. There was this one show that said Steve-O's podcast appearances are a mess. And that hurt because I agreed with it, you know. Um, got I just got like... I felt like the internet kind of turned on me. I mean, I'm sure that that's not the total picture, but uh, man, this this one interview I did with uh, Andrew Santino, like um, all I heard saw was, oof, the comment section on this one. And to know that there's like mass, like mass scale, like hate negative comments, like dude, it, bums me out man it bums me out dude so I kind of just like uh fought through my podcasts and 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 just try to hand like hide out at the my ranch but like I said I'm, I'm I'm bouncing back from that dude I'm letting all of that make me a better person if if I can you know what I mean and um and uh, I'm really excited about the the reddit forum because I can put whatever I want in there like the filthiest stuff. There's no community guidelines. Not safe for work. And I can give it to you guys completely for free. So uh, get on over there. The pinned comment is uh, is a dope one. And uh, yeah, man, what can I say? I love you. You're my street team. Thank you for sticking around to the end. And uh, love, light, and positivity, man. That's what it's all about. Thank you.